Kura, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Welcome to the Quilted Banana Program, 106.1 FM Access Radio. You're with DJ Panda holding it down for the Raw Fish Show. Shout out to my homies, Stay at Kura, Gertrude Akbozo and Octavius Jones. We're in Alert Level 2 here in Te Whanganui Atara. But I got some awesome music coming up from Cola Boy and the Avalanches, Newbie 40, plus amazing guest all the way from South Auckland, Anivili, who's going to be talking about the Dawn Raids and the upcoming apology from the current government for the Dawn Raids. Got soul to soul, keep on moving. You're on the Royal Fish Show with DJ Panda, 106.1 FM Access Radio.
Asana program presents the Raw Fish Show 106.1 FM Access Radio. There's a time in life, yeah, where we're searching for answers. I'll be asking myself about a getaway plan. Do I take a jet plane?
The Quilted Banana Program presents The Raw Fish Show 106.1 FM Access Radio You're on Access Radio 106.1 FM with DJ Panda on the Raw Fish Show, holding it down for the Raw Fish Crew. And I'd like to introduce a very special guest all the way from South Auckland, Tamaki Makoto, Anivili. Welcome, Anivili. Welcome to the Raw Fish Show. 
Oh, what a flash. Thank you. Uh, Hello, <laughs> everybody. Uh, my Lord is How are you? I'm really good. Thank you. Dawn Rains, mm-hmm. what is your perspective on it? But before that, can you just tell me a little bit about yourself? And Oh, yeah. I'm Anivili. I'm Samoan, born and bred in South Auckland, Papakura uh, specifically. And my parents came here uh, in the 70s, just in time for the Dawn Rains. So for our family, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's significant. So, yeah, no, I, I know what you mean about this discussion at the moment. It's, yeah, it's it's frustrating. It is frustrating. I um, don't like talking about it with my mother. It upsets her. It was her birthday last Friday, and I did ask her what she thought of the apology. I think my mother tried to put a positive spin on it. Nobody likes to be a negative Nancy, but I don't think it would make a great deal of difference to how she feels. Because she did comment straight away, why now? Why did it take so long? No, I, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm still fuming and fuming about it. I'm furious. You know, as I said, I don't like, like I've seen her be emotional, but when it comes to this topic, the last thing I want to do is see my mother upset. And, and she's pretty staunch. I mean, that's where I get it from. And I mean, what she did say was why it took so long. And she had never heard of the Polynesian Panthers in the media that they're responsible for uh, putting pressure on the government to make a public apology. Uh, And and my mother was living in Auckland at the time. Uh, She came over here in 1966 and she would have been pregnant with me and had me smack bang in the middle of it. And while it was happening all over Aotearoa, you know, her voice goes quiet and she looks at the ground and she said it was particularly horrible in Auckland uh, for her and she told me the first thing she saw on someone she grew up with and went to school with being carted away. If you were any colour other than white, you would be treated uh, less than human by police. Uh, so everyone was a target. And I think the other thing that devastated my mother was what it did to our own community, the Samoan community. And, you know, a lot of Samoan people are church-going folk. One of the things they would do to get back at you was to call immigration. Uh, uh, and my mum said it was that was one of the most heartbreaking things for her was seeing someone turn against someone. Yeah. All these things that our people have in common that have you know they've had been forced to keep to themselves, and I think getting into you know the notion of an apology, as far as the media is concerned, it's been centred on this 50th anniversary of the Panthers, and you know all hail to them for what they've done. My mum's never heard of them and wasn't aware of their existence. Yeah, and it completely overlooks the actual experience of the dawn raid. I'm sure you've seen and noticed before a lot of the coverage of the dawn raids or the way our people talk about it, especially like these younger generations, are through art and poetry and, you know, all good. Do your thing. <laughs> no, but, you know, but a lot of what's missed. But no, but how traumatic that time was and what the impacts have been. I think there's one, for me, it's kind of like, I can look at how, what happened to my parents in that time. My dad was pulled off the street and the only person that fought for him was this Māori, Māori kid who was there with him. Yeah. One of the things that we don't hear about is the actual, not just the impact on people that were thrown into cells or whose homes are raided, but the kind of lasting impacts of that and how they then raised their children. There are things as well, like you were saying, people would, out of spite, would report family members, would report community members, and sometimes out of what they thought would help them survive, like... Yes. 
hotel, then, you know, I can stay with my children. Yes. Meaning elderly at that time, like when my dad, oh, I'm not going to speak to a story on this, but when that happened, he noticed quickly how many elderly were there. And these are people who were taken in the middle of the day, in the middle of the night at work. Their families had no idea. Right now, we have no idea how many people have been sent back home. This, I, I've got a lot of things that frustrate me about this apology, but one of them is that there's no way to even know what kind of harm that era brought on our people. And even talking about that as like a standalone era, as far as yes. I, I can see, like it's not stopped at all. Like the dawn raids didn't even begin with those dawn raids and they've not ended since then. So I think the idea of asking for an apology you know, to me, it's like you're begging for an apology from someone that hasn't even changed. Yeah, it's redundant, eh? Like, yeah, and it's disrespectful, I think, to our people who went through that. I, I mean, I feel yeah. naive sometimes because I always feel like, oh, uh, you know, I'd like to believe we're not even close to it, really, are we? Definitely not. Because we're not being haters. I just want to make that clear to people listening. I genuinely believe that a lot of the people who ask for this do think they're doing the best thing. But yes. I, you know, I think we, as the children of the migration, as children of the dawn raids, for those of us who are actually children of the dawn raids and not just, like, recently came to learn about it or were <laughs> not, like, directly affected by it. You could- for someone like me, I find it weird that people don't know about it. But people my age, like, I think, you know, on one hand, it's a lack of education. But on yeah. another, it also speaks to a thing where a lot of the voices that we've heard, especially in the arts, has been by people who don't actually have a relationship to it. And it's not to say that no one else should talk about it. We have to know our place when we talk about these things because they're not just like, you know, I think the way it gets discussed is in this kind of romantic, oh, this thing happened and then the Polynesian panther has burst out of... That's what I don't like about it is that it's been romanticised. Yeah, but, you know, on on every front it has been a traumatising thing for our community and I, you know... There are a lot of things missing, a lot of nuances that people, either they're not aware of or they just haven't taken the time to really consider. I I think Um, it's a lack of awareness. Like, even simple things like just checking in if people are okay. You think it's a basic one-on-one thing, but... No, honestly, my poor dad. So when I I found out, because I was scrolling on something, found out that they'd announced this date, and all of them saying, oh, this is great, this is our first steps for our people to heal, and this is going to heal our people. And I was so angry. I was like, man, the nerve for you to make that statement. When I, As soon as I found out, the first thing I did was I called my parents, and I called my dad, um, and I called my mom, and I called my aunties. None of them were celebrating, you know? It was like a couldn't stop crying. And he was in the middle, it was, he was at work, as he was saying, because early that morning he heard on the radio uh, that someone was talking, and then he said on the radio, this person said, oh, it didn't happen to me or my family, but, and he said, as soon as he heard that, he turned it off. And he's like, if you don't know it, I don't want to hear it. So he turned off the radio. He was like, oh, the first thing he said to me was, oh, I just want to know how you're doing. I just heard about the apology. Um, and he said he couldn't stop crying because he, <laughs> he knew I understood what it meant that, you know, what that time meant for him and what it did for, for his family and for both my parents and our whole family. Of after them raising these children after experiencing that kind of time, but 
it's really easy to go in and ask for this apology but I you know no one's come to my dad or my mum or my aunties and asked do you want to have happened after that or gone into the communities eh? I like you said it's yeah there's something not quite right and a tiny bit off about this this picture here that's been put out there through social media and media in general it is disrespectful it is I hate to say it mm. have you got a song that you'd like for me to play oh you know if you got um the uh, screams from the old plantation by Kika BC. <laughs> Man, that's the, one of the best tracks of uh, Pacific uh, history. <laughs> Ah. Fix amnesia. Ah. 
Second migration. We all pay homage to the old plantation. We just pay homage to the old plantation. You got to. Big way selector running bad feel. Want me rugged dance hall echoes. For a bar boom boom, for a bar boom boom. Midnight reflexing, raised on the data. Welcome back here on the Raw Fish Show under the Quarter Bananas program on Access Radio 106.1 FM. You're DJ Panda and special guest Anavili all the way from South Auckland. Yeah, I was just thinking, um, we were just talking during the break about how there's no uh, conversation that we've seen around what whether the circumstances have really changed for our people. Just reminded me like one of the biggest frustrations with this apology. This is like the brownest parliament we've ever had. But we also have the highest ever population of Māori and Pacific people in prison. And, you know, the police force is stronger than it's even, ever been in our communities. And so it makes me question, you know, people begging for this apology. I'm like, do you even realise what was wrong with the dorm rates? You know, it wasn't... No, I'm, I'm like, that's why I'm laughing because no one... I'm like going, um, the police were acting under instructions of the government. Like, what, you're going to sympathise for their plight you know they could have easily stayed at home well this is that thing it's not um i i wonder where the when the focus of the dawn rates apology when it's based on we need education and we need awareness yeah you know we need to disarm and defund our police system and we need to get our people out of prisons and we need to you know completely deconstruct that system like it's, it's remained for the most part largely like unchanged except for that it's been privatized that the, the state makes more money off our people being in there um and that you know our people still bear the full brunt of police violence on the street yep and the what's it called during covid on the during the time that we had the least people in, in freaking most of recent history, least people on the streets and outside, four people who were killed by police were Māori Pacific. And in the middle of a pandemic, um, a full, you know, peak lockdown. And I think it just goes to show how people need, I don't know, education, awareness building, whatever fund they're pushing for the dawn raids to be focused on what police what it looks like to have policing in our communities and what kind of um, impact that has on our generations growing up in that kind of environment. Like, I think just not like long ago, a couple of weeks ago, one of the main roads in Mangere, there were armed police out in the open in the middle of the day outside of a primary school, outside of a little chapel, outside of, I mean, here are these police stationed all around, helicopters flying around, fully armed, and not a single warning to community, not a single notice that this was going to happen, and no articles at all in any media that this had happened. 
and it's so normalized in you know in these brown Maori Pacific communities that police surveillance happens and that police brutality happens to the point where you know this country is like completely desensitized to that happening. That's so, part of the the play though. I don't know when I noticed a change in the way they recruit. All of a sudden, they were recruiting. Māori and Pacific people to be police. Yeah, yeah. Like, going hard out. And I went, oh, since when we were good enough to be pigs? Growing up in the 80s, it was really hard to get into police college. Like, again, like, everything is deliberate. I don't think people are aware of that. Yeah, of course. It's tailored, completely tailored to our people. Over here, if you go through all of Southside, there's, um, sorry, of Tamaki Makoto, the southern part of it. Um, there are posters, even like graffiti style mural frickin' posters painted into the wall of not just get new work stories, which is their big campaign, but that our people are the only ones who can help our people. Yeah, that kind of propaganda, it's gross. Yeah, really, yeah, they, they went from, I remember in the 2000s. And I remember that it was going hard out up in Auckland. It's that kind of thing where you get taught, it's like you can make the most difference for your people by joining the force. Or you can you can be someone respectable and, you know, you can get your whole tuition paid by the state if you become a police officer, join military or any of those defence forces in New Zealand. And it, I guess it's like a another kind of education our people need to be able to engage in now. One of the things I remember with the wins over here, I think it's age 16 to 24, if you're on the job seeker benefit for an amount of time, you have to attend a seminar where they advertise to you this program. It's like in a course, an eight-week program or something like that, um, run by the police, the military, the Navy, and the Air Force, I think. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, and the, the video they show you is like, oh, this is this fun thing, and I've never felt like I had this kind of brother. Oh, it's fun. Come be a murderer. Yeah, and everyone on the screen are these young Maori Pacific kids talking about finally finding their village. Like, who sanctioned this? That's outrageous. Yeah, but this is a seminar you have to attend. Yeah, or else they'll cut your benefit off and your staff. Not like it's enough money to live on anyway. Exactly. And so it's like at this point where the minimum wage is not a living wage, very difficult to survive in these places. But if you're a young person, you know, you're vulnerable. There's a lot of stuff that happens. Our people are the ones who are most likely to, one, drop out of school, two, have, you know, high unemployment rates. Then, you know, we're the ones that have to go to these things. And it gets painted to us as like, oh, you can beat something if you join the police or you join the the defence forces. You can be somebody. And that, yeah. uh, as much as I mock it... It's terrifying. It actually... There are a lot of our young people that, that buy into it. And I, I get it. You know, it sucks and it's sad. This is the exact same thing, though, that we get where, you know, in the dawn range and we hear about how it turned our people against each other. This is just a, a reiteration of that. Yep. You know, there was another thing, and, you know, I know we've, talk, we've talked about this, we're talking about it off air. There's no conversation around these acts and how it relates to tangata whenua. And you, you're probably a lot better at articulating this. Well, of course it wasn't okay for people to tr- be treated like that, but what do you think they've been doing to tangata whenua since day dots and stuff come to these shores? Yeah. So where's the solidarity? I'm not saying there isn't, but 
you'd think there'd be a lot more. And I'm sure there's reasons, you know, there's lots of reasons why that happens. What do you think of that? I think I, oh, there, you know, there's a lot of reasons I get, and I think that is where it falls on our generations to be a lot firmer about things. Like, I think one of the things that um, someone said to me, I was talking about this Dorner's apology and saying it's just completely, that I, I personally reject it, and I don't have any want to hear it. We don't need it, and I, I'm suspicious of what kind of outcomes and what circumstances it really puts our people into. But they were saying, you know, the people who started the petition, are of my generation. We're roughly the same age. You know, my response to... So would that be like early to mid-20s? Yeah. yeah, 18 to early mid-20s? No, not 18. No, they're mid-20s. Mid-20s. Interesting. They had very good intentions. I'm sure they did. But again, it's this lack of, I don't know, strategy, I think, and what it means when our people are used as bargaining chips. That's an interesting way to look at it, bargaining chips. I would look at this kind of petitioning government and government taking it on. That's a negotiation, right? But in the history of its existence, from when it first forced itself on these lands, um, never has it made like an honourable agreement. Yeah, they don't do things for free. Yeah, and so it's like if we, if these young people or the Panthers or whoever ask for this apology, if they've made these deals with government or they're encouraging it or they're open to some kind of negotiation, with Parliament and they have nothing to offer the government, then it's like, you know, you are just bargaining with your own people. You're bargaining with our our silence. Like And it's that, not your pain. Do feel some type of way about somebody bargaining my mum's pain. You know, and other people's that oh okay, this has happened, now you have a, a thing to um, now you have a reason to be quiet, to be grateful and to move on. Like, okay, here's an education fund. Now you guys don't have to be upset. And uh, you know, we can look at Pacific I think this has been an ongoing tactic for a long time. We're out of fear and out of we're forced into positions to make these agreements, you know, to make these compromises with like full hope and belief that our oppressor will. Because I'm like that sometimes, Annie. Really, I'm not. I, I mean, it's important well, just the way I vote, I guess. You know, I, I hold no ill will of anyone takes that approach because what other option do we can we see a yep. lot of the time? But yeah. one thing I am, I think we do need to work on. And as a community of for non-Māori Pacific people anyway, yeah. is looking at what has been done to Māori and, and being really yes on what side we're on because I think when we talk about the dawn raids and, you know, whatever apologies the state has given, we can look at the Tuhoi raids, you know, that wasn't even that long ago, but it's not been, that has been treated as so far removed from what happened to us. I think to this day, I still think that woman thinks that she made the right call. Oh yeah, yeah. She said she said she. She's so arrogant. Yeah, and that's but that's a thing as well where our people need to. You know, I think a lot of our people have left home in search of a good, of a better and easier life because it is hard to live back home. It is living back home was made harder by New Zealand being our colonial administrator. Push me luck when I go back. It's where we one we don't know is our more that. New Zealand is the reason for a lot of that. Yeah. Um, a lot more difficult to live freely and well in Samoa. Um, and then when we come here, there is this 
you're hit with a different level of colonial violence and where the, the deal you have to make as a person, as a citizen or resident of this country, of this you know so-called nation, is that you contribute to the subjugation and oppression of Māori. As yes. For a lot of people, without even knowing, are forced to choose between your own life and that of another person. And that we have to really speak to our people, be really open and honest about, one, know what want for your future. We know what it's like back home. But we can also see what has been done to Māori forever, even to this very day. Yes. You can look all over the motu and see what it looks like when the crown comes out in full force against Māori. Is it the biggest gang in the land. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I wonder if that's a disservice to gangs because the crown, you know, the crown is a full operating machine. And I think a lot of gangs form initially as anti-establishment. It's a response to colonial, to being colonised. It takes a lot of people and it takes a lot of time. Are you still hopeful though? We're still hopeful, yes? Yeah, definitely. I don't know if we can see one person change over the course of like five years their thinking around Māori and Pacific relationships. Man, of course, like hopeful. But I, on one hand, we're doing education stuff, but on the other, we also have to try curb our people for making deals with governments to say, you know, this has never worked for us. And we have to understand that the government is separate from the land, that New Zealand is not the same as Aotearoa. You know, if you want to make deals, make deals with Māori. Go and ask permission to be on this land or fight to to restore some sense of justice. And it is a justice that our people have not found at home, but one we will eventually receive if we can fight for each other as Indigenous peoples. No, I, it was something I said earlier over dinner with friends uh, when I don't have the energy with some people and I do come up with, well, you can say what you like, but none of this is actually, this government isn't legal. But uh, like you said, there's a lot of education needs to be still done around those things. Yeah, change starts on the ground and change starts and ends with the people. So if anyone has listened to this, you know, hopefully all our hater, our hater vibes haven't deterred anyone because I, I do fully believe that, you know, we need to be in every level and every space. Yeah, hard. Who's that vision, eh? Vision for freedom for all people, liberation for all. It just takes time. So, you know, we're going to good luck, solidarity to everyone. Uh, protect Pritiki as so what's your second request for us and thank you so much for taking the time out to go over the dawn raids issue and ongoing issues here in Aotearoa what's a song that you want to go out with do you have um, Sisters Underground that's like one of my all time favourite we've got Sisters Underground in the neighbourhood thank you once again to our special guest Anivili from South Auckland to DJ Panda on the Warfish Show 106.1 FM Access Radio Oh, 
what I've seen So you could never really understand what I mean I'm telling your child I got a major dose of funk I'm sick with the flavor of the thick chocolate stuff But a pessimistic attitude can get in the way So when the night comes, all you wanna do is play So we roll to the club to see if we can get it on Even if we don't know how we're gonna make it home Cause once on the floor, we can really shake a booty Shaking all our troubles away, doing the duty Going on, keeping on, till the break of dawn Come every Friday, and I could've sworn I seen the same guy in the same shirt, one to four Had some trouble with the guys at the door Cause everywhere we go, it's like a show You gotta watch your back, because you never know Rolling in the neighborhood radio program with highlight of the week she asks well a highlight for me was going to see a show as part of the Kiao festival and the show was he tangata and unveiling takatapui tanga and it was it was just stunning you know the movement was graceful and energetic and the music and background visuals are just very engaging but just time went too quickly uh, and that's how much i enjoyed it wanted more and I hope that um, you know the group get an opportunity to take the show around Aotearoa or you know to show it again in Wellington because it was it was very good I think another highlight about going to see the show was how you know I got to be able to see it because you know, a friend had some tickets and spontaneously phoned me and said mate do you want to go and see the show and rather than think about it I just said yes and so I like that just say yes and let whatever happens happens and it was great we had a great time and we had a good catch up so more saying yes I think for me and another highlight for me is that on Monday it was the winter solstice it was the shortest day of the year and that means that slowly slowly we're heading towards summer the sun and the warmth because I am just looking forward to lying in the sun and swimming in warm water come down Stakura it's five more long cold months before summer hits again but something I'm definitely doing differently this year is I've been utilising the indoor pools that we have here in Tapanganui I live around the corner from Freiburg Pool but I have to say I much prefer to use the Kilburnie pools particularly because of the sense of community there. They have a nice hydrotherapy pool where elderly, the disabled community, even their, their younger 
people like myself who utilize it. Lots of the regulars, very friendly and the staff are friendly. And I have a leisure card. You qualify for a leisure card if you're on a benefit or on a low income. You either go through your GP to help you apply for one. Or if you have the internet at home, you can go to the Wellington City Council website and apply for a leisure card that way. Also gives you discounts for other cool stuff. And yes, Kiamo Festival, the last couple of weeks, Māori Pacific Indigenous Festival, the only one like it in Aotearoa, and that it is spearheaded by Hone Koka and Maria George. Now, I've been quite busy the last couple of weeks. I had Pacific Underground at the Wellington Museum for the Dawn Raids at Dawn activation. So tribute to the Polynesian Panthers for their upcoming 50th anniversary and also an acknowledgement of the work they did in getting this current government to apologise for the Dawn Raids. Yes, the Kiamo Festival highlight for me, my highlight, and I saw a few shows. Very grateful seeing Pati Umanga's Tawa Olepepewea. He's a musician, long-time musician and disability advocate. If anybody remembers the Holiday Makers and their number one hit Sweet Lovers. And he's a Mina's bass player. He was also in the Samoan band called Kabasa with Lole Usuoli'i. I got to see Lucy Faivar again, who I've also had the privilege of working with Samoan. She did a Taupau dance. Watching her perform just makes me so proud. Made me so proud to be someone. And that's my two cents. And we've got Octavius here with his highlight from the Kiamo Festival. Hello everyone. I also had the opportunity to go to the Kiamo Festival this year. And it was a wonderful experience. Because it just showed me the importance of art and the theatre. And these times after, and for many of us, continuing to feel the effects of a pandemic. That ability to connect, to see connection with others, to know that the human experience, all its its beauty, but all in the messiness as well, that it's normal, that it's okay, that we're not alone. You know, that's what the arts gives us. And through theater, um, through dance, through song, we get to one, examine ourselves, but also get a, a peek into each other. And I really appreciate and love that about the arts. One of the plays that I saw was called All I See. It was co-devised by Sian Parker, who's a beautiful and brilliant actor and now has her own um, theater company called Cove Theater that she founded in um, 2018, who put on this play about loss, about mourning, about, you know, what happens when a partner leaves. Do the people that we that leave us, who pass away, do they truly leave? What is it to have their memories, their spirits um, still with us? And what relationships do we build and continue to foster with them, but then also with new people in our lives? How do we move on if, if there is such a thing? This play really explored all those themes and more. Try not to give too much away, even though it's, it's over, but just in case you do get an opportunity to see it in the future, I want you to be amazed at the weaving of poetry and beautiful um, song and choreography and dance. They really, all three of the actors, Tian and her two male um, co-stars, really made the space something magical. And as each moment and, and minute of the play went on, um, we got drawn in more and more. And it was so beautiful too, because oftentimes I think of, and coming from America, that the play has to be Broadway, has to be big and, you know, lots of theatrics and huge sets are, you know, beautiful and expensive sets. But what this play showed is that the minimalism, and how if you have beautiful writing and powerful performance, you don't need much else. The audience will go on the journey with you. And I 
really did go on the journey with Sian and her co-stars and telling this beautiful story. The Quilted Banana Program presents The Raw Fish Show, 106.1 FM, Access Radio.
Kia ora for lover. That was the legend Stevie Wonder with Living in the City. You're on 106.1 FM Access Radio, DJ Panda, holding it down for the Raw Fish Show and crew under the Quota Banana program. Want to give one more shout out to our guest, Anabili Protect Putiki. For those of you who don't know, the Uri of Ngāti Bawa are currently occupying the beach at Putiki Bay, um, aka Colonizer's name is Kennedy Point on Waiheke Island. They have been occupying to protect the ancestral Moana Tikapa Moana by stopping the proposed Kennedy Point Marina. Many Uri or Ngatibawa descendants of the we have returned to Waiheke to occupy and have been there since March the 9th earlier this year. One of the ways you can find out more, like if you have access to the internet, go on the Action Station um, website. There's a petition there that you can sign and also more information if you want to know more, particularly for those who live closer to that area and want to get more involved past signing a petition like every little bit of action counts and whatever you can do to support her I mean because this affects everybody that would be amazing that would be wonderful thanks for listening from me we'll, I think we'll be back next month got a bit of Ziggy Marley for you and enjoy the rest of your Sunday folks peace out you're on 106.1 FM Access Radio
Banana program presents the Raw Fish Show 106.1 FM Access Radio. These are the questions. These are the questions you and I have to ask. How did we get this mind? You're not an American. You're an African who happens to be an American. You have to understand the difference. We didn't come over on the Danita, the Pinta, and the, and the, and the whatchamacallit. We didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. Landed right on top of us. Is that you, brother? Praise be to Allah. Now, this is exactly what I'm talking about, the slave mentality, the slave mind. This brother and I, we had the slave mind. We used to rob together. We used to sleep with white women. We even went to prison together. Now, don't be surprised when I say we went to prison, because some of y'all are still in prison right now. Prisons of your mind. Stand up, brother. Come on. <laughs> the brother's a little shy. <laughs> Come on, brother, give me a hug. Yeah. That's all right, brother. That's all right. Look, he still got his hair fried. That's all right, though. That's the slave mind. That's the slave mind. The Quilted Banana Program presents The Raw Fish Show. 106.1 FM, Access Radio. That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks, New Zealand On Air, for funding accessmedia.nz.